Music, friends, fun, and fandom. Join Tom and Steve as we hang out in the digital blunderground. Stop what you're doing. We won't ruin. Get ready to relax and join us in the digital blunderground. Thanks for joining Tom and Steve on the Digital Blunderground. It is music, friends, fun, and fandom. And today we are joined by a very special guest. So first and foremost, I'm Tom and Steve right over there. We have a very special guest today. It's my 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 son, my one son. And we have Wyatt Smith. Everybody, let's give a big hand clap for Wyatt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, welcome on in. Oh, all man, right. come on in. Good to join you guys today. Yeah, all right. Wow. So, uh, yeah, pretty great. Pretty great stuff here. So, um, so Wyatt, uh, boy, so how are you? You know, it's my favorite question of all time. Always ask me, how are you? I'm like, well, I'm doing fine. But that answer is never satisfying. It usually never ends well. So No, no, usually not. No, so... I could try that one, so that's my standard, and we've kind of uh, stand off with it at this point. Neither of us is happy with the response. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? So, do you think he's my son or not? It's not at a, all. No, not, not at, at all. all. No, no resemblance. No, no resemblance. No resemblance at all. So yeah. this weekend, right? I was thinking. I wanted to mention this to you. Um, so I was because th- we were listening to Charles Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, this is a football commentator. You watch this, Steve. I didn't know. No, but no, uh, I mean, do I you didn't. generally or no? Mm-mm. No, not no. at all. No. Mm-mm. So you got this guy, right? He's Charles Davis. He's a, he's a commentator. Yeah. He's like he's like a, he calls the action, right? Okay. But he's kind of like kind of different, and it's it's very fun. It's interesting, and I wanted to mention this to you. Yeah. Because I don't think he played. I'm not sure if he played or not. Did he play? I'm, Charles Davis. Yeah. I want to say he was defensive back, a cornerbacker, but I could be wrong. Oh, was he? He might have been a cornerback. I know he's he scouted for a while, I think. He was never a great player if he did play, but I'm not sure if he did or not. All right, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I think he probably played at a lower level. But I was thinking about it, you know, is that, you know, is his, I always find, I don't know, you know, I always find his mode of commentary a little underwhelming. But to be honest, he's probably going to outlast everybody. Just because of how endearing he is, you know. I was thinking about this. Like, because you don't really quite remember Madden, right? And you're not, that you're yeah, not. Yeah, it's yeah. before my time. <laughs> you're not in that, yeah, before you know. Before my time. Before your time, right? So, you know, the Middle Ages, like you know, Steve, Steve and I, we grew up and you, we, everyone listened to John Madden, right? And so yeah. you didn't have to be a fan, you know. Like everyone just loved hearing him talk, you know, and all this. And he would say ridiculous things. And it was interesting because, uh, because Davis was doing the, he was doing the Pats Jets game and, he was saying he says these ridiculous things. You know, like he likes to insert himself into yeah. you. Know, you know what I'm talking about, right? He yeah, inserts yeah. himself like into the locker room, you know, and then he kind of takes on the role of someone and he kind of plays it out. And yeah. I, I know, like, when every time I hear it, it always sounds like so. Is this the NBC broadcaster? Is that your... uh, no? It's the CBS. CBS. Yeah, CBS. Davis is his last name. Yeah, yeah, Charles yeah, Davis. He's right? the he's the B team on CBS. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, it's pretty good. But you know, here's the thing, and, I, and it occurred to me because he's both simultaneously annoying, but he's also endearing as well. You know, say he does this thing. He goes, he'll say, he'll say, well, in the locker room, uh, you know, they'll say, don't put the ball in the harm's way, and then you know, uh, he'll say, yeah, coach, absolutely. What? 
right? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's a hypothetical situation. You're putting yourself into a role, and it doesn't come off well. And then it occurred to me, and I was thinking about this. Like, this is basically just John Madden, like, a third of the age. Like, I have no idea how old Charles Davis is. Sounds like is. a third of the knowledge. Well, Bye. I don't know about that. You <laughs> see, I don't really know about that because Madden, I think part of his charm was he was older and then he was endearing. And then I think that because Charles Davis is younger, that it doesn't come off as well. So it's I like one of the old guys that can get away with, like, more stuff than the young guys can? Maybe yeah. a little bit. I, you know, I think it was he gets older, right? And Charles Davis, okay. he gets in that 70 range. Mm. That's going to be pretty endearing, you know, I think, when he gets there. So he's just got to outlast everybody, and he's probably going to end up being the best. I don't know. Tony Romo manages to make it as a commentator. You know, he really does. Yeah, he really does. does. What do you think about that? What do you say? Yes, no, so-so on Romo? I Honestly, like him and Aikman, it's like, what is it, like, just – crappy Dallas quarterbacks that's what they end up doing I don't know they've done okay I mean, maybe I, I can't I have to remind myself sometimes that they're commentators that, but there's uh-huh. for me and I don't know maybe this is because I, I watch NASCAR but for me yeah um the craziest weirdest commentator is Brad Daughtry okay for NASCAR do you guys have any uh-huh. idea who I'm talking about no but I'm okay. interested in this topic though Brad Daughtry was a center I can't remember what team he played for, but in the NBA. Oh, is that right? right? So this dude is like 6'11 or something like that. Yeah, now, yeah. Right? And he's a black guy, yeah, right? Sure. And that's yeah. let's just call it what it is. That's uh-huh. not common in NASCAR. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. No, not and at all. We, we got him, Bubba Wallace, and then like three quarters of the pit crew because most of those guys are uh, ex-NFL players, believe it or not. Uh, is oh, that right? All those pit crew members? Yeah, those yeah. are professional athletes. Is that right? Oh, through and through. Get out. Absolutely. No idea. Those are big dudes. Wow. Um, I yeah. mean, they're throwing around 80-pound tires. Like, it's no big deal, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, true I enough. mean, I can't even pump my gas within 10 minutes. They change four tires, wipe the window off, and uh, fill you up with fuel in, what, 20 seconds, and you're gone. It's crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah, you ever seen these guys, Wyatt? It's not very much. Be, be nice if you get full service like that these days. Be Boy, yeah. nice, huh? These guys <laughs> cool. are no, they're great, man. And, this, and it's This guy's a, a, an ex-basketball player. Yeah. And he knows more about NASCAR yeah. than... Most people I know that watch NASCAR. Sure. Yeah. Like we just, I, I don't know. I I used to watch it, watch it, and then Earnhardt died. Now I just watch it for the crashes like most people. Is <laughs> right. yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But an NBA guy? Yeah. No, yeah. no NASCAR? No, that's you know. It's weird. That it, boy, I, that's wild, man. You get the cross-sport guys. Yeah, but he, but yeah, he pulls it off. I don't know. How, I mean, wow. granted, there's no plays in NASCAR. It's it pedal yeah. to the metal. Oh, and if anybody did it, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys didn't catch it. Martinsville. Did you guys see what happened yesterday at Martinsville? It was the last race before the championship race. Okay. Yeah. You guys did not see what happened. No, no, no. no. Oh, my goodness. Tell me. No. But I'm into it, though. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. selling it pretty good. You guys have played racing video games at some point in your life. Yeah. Yeah, Any, sure. Every one of us has. You've all gone into a corner, and uh-huh. like just you keep hitting the wall, and you're like, you know what? Whatever. It's a fake car. Right. Uh-huh. So you just... Keep the pedal to the metal on the wall and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. He did it. Oh, man. Uh, he now owns the track record. Yeah. He passed the one guy he needed to pass to get into the finals. That's it. He just wow. he grabbed fifth gear. Martinsville nice. is a, I think it's a half mile speedway. Yeah. Like yeah. max speed of this place, like a buck 20 down the straights. And sure. then you're hard into the brakes. You're doing 50 around the corner. Wow. Sure. This guy was doing like 110 through the corner up against the wall. Wow. He goes, I just, it's like they, they interviewed him after. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, just, I grabbed fifth gear and I just let go of the wheel and stood on it. Wow. Uh, dude, it looks like a video game. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, 
So they they calculated his speed. Everyone yeah. else in the corner is doing about 52, 54 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. He's going 108 around the, the corner. Wow. Just attached to the wall, smoke, parts flying off the car. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The announce, like Dale Jr.'s going crazy up in the booth. Like, uh-huh. I've never seen this, right? Wow. Right, right. Yeah. You, you, you've got to see this clip. I, wow. I, it's before this. It was the the pass in the grass was the craziest driving move anybody had ever pulled off, and okay. that was Dale Earnhardt. It's pretty good yeah. name. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it, if you see it, it's I mean to keep the car straight, it's pretty impressive. You're going yeah. through the trioval. I think he was doing about 170. Yeah. No doubt. And he got clipped huh. in the rear end, and he was Oof. all four tires down in the grass. Wow. And not only it wasn't even a pass. He just someone tried to pass him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only did he keep the car straight, keep going, he kept yeah. the lead. Nobody even oh. passed him. Oh wow. Yeah. So that guy failed. Right. Wow, Sent him man. in the grass, and Earnhardt's like, "I got this. No big deal. No, wow. no worries." So that was the craziest, like, keep control of your car move prior to this. Yeah. Uh-huh. No one's topping this. They yeah. actually were like, maybe we need to make a rule against this. I don't, I'm like, you need to make a rule against somebody flooring their car into the wall just because it worked? Right, <laughs> that's yeah. That's not real. This is, this is, to me, it's as dumb as taking steroids out of baseball. Sure. If you're willing to destroy your body. Oh, yeah. Uh, my right. entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on, my friend. Right. Yeah. Like, we're not doing illicit drugs here. You're just taking a little extra protein powder or something. I don't know what the heck you're doing. Who cares? You're injecting something. I, yeah. Whatever. Either way, you're hitting monster home runs. That was super fun. If yeah. you're willing to destroy a half million dollar race car. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't hit anybody else, by the way. He didn't? Oh, wow. No, he just ripped the paint off the wall. Man. Wow. And, I, dude. Yeah. A hundred and ten miles an hour in a fifty mile an hour corner yeah. up against the wall. Sparks flying. Wow. And, man, Denny Hamlin was the guy that he passed. Yeah. Yeah. Going into turn three, I mean, he had a quarter mile left, mm-hmm. and wow. he was like, "Yep, I'm just gonna go ahead and make this left hand turn because he had a quarter mile on the other guy." Wow! He's like, "I got this in the bag, no problem." Uh-huh. Boom! Gets beat by a half car length by some dude riding the wall with it to the floor. Unreal. What is he thinking? He said, "By the way, he said he let go of the wheel." Wow! I mean, I suppose right, you yeah. would have to let Jesus take the wheel in a situation. I like guess that. so. Yeah, right. man. Right? There you, you would go. Have to just say it's up to Providence now. You guys would, you, you're gonna yeah. go home. You're gonna yeah. see this, and you're gonna be like, "That is way crazy." No doubt, man. Yeah, no I doubt. Thought it have to was, check that out. but yeah. But you know, it's it's interesting because it brings up a larger point about sports and about the sport experience. You know how I think that because sports has gotten it's gotten pretty large, it's gotten pretty big, and I yeah. think all sports is big, and the NFL is bigger than any other sport. I mean, yeah. it's, it dwarfs even all the other sports. Yeah. Although I think all sports have this this particular aspect. Mm. And it gives, you know, it's it's very interesting how it, it allows us, sports gives us access to things that in regular culture we don't always have, right? Things like, uh, uh, for example, um, uh, you know, uh, in terms of camaraderie uh, and hierarchy, uh, for example, like in the military, military and sports, right, are two areas where things are usually, used number one, are uniquely masculine and yeah. are based on a hierarchy, Mm-hmm. And they're based on accountability. So really, you have yeah. you have masculinity, accountability, and hierarchy. And yeah. those three things are, I think, uh, if a lot of times, because a lot of times you hear people that denigrate sports, and or, or even if you watch it, if you watch it as a, a, a you know as a as a fan, yeah. and you don't play. Yeah. But even still, I, and there's there's things that are, and I think you can tell a lot about a person about the kind of sport that they play or the kind of sport that they like, right? Uh, for example, like in NASCAR, right? Like NASCAR is a lot of risk, right? I mean, every time yeah. every time they start, every time the flag comes down, 
somebody could die. And and just yeah. and, and saying that isn't doesn't make you some freak. It doesn't make you someone who's trying to get people all jacked up and juiced up. It, it could that's, happen. That's true. Right? Yeah. It's true. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so uh, you know, there's there's an element of risk there. And so if you can't take risk in your own life, then, you know, the sport kind of fills a part of that. You know, it can f- kind of fill a little bit of part of that in terms of taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people ha- have this. I think that you see in American culture, people were originally really into following the different military heroes. I think this starts in the Mexican War. Mm. So people are following all these different officers and stuff, and they hear about it when it comes back into the news. I think it's uh, Zachary Taylor, they elected president because he was a general, and everybody loved him. Yeah. So they elected him president. So he didn't last long, but that's beside the point. Right. Um, And then we had the American Civil War, and that was, of course, a huge deal. Everybody was involved in that. You didn't need to fantasize about it anymore. You were part of it. And uh, after that, people got soured on the whole idea because it turned out war wasn't as fun as they thought it was. And uh, and we – but the NFL started in the late, late 1800s into early 1900s, or football did, I should say. The NFL started in 1920. But just looking at that – once people didn't really have war to fill or war that people were interested in like war ceased to have an entertainment aspect when it became more real like world war one everybody knew how awful that was i think that for like the mexican war yeah by the time news got back to america right it was pretty watered down and made into entertainment almost once we get to the world wars, those were everybody knew it was really, really bad. So that wasn't entertainment. But people still yeah. wanted that same entertainment they had back then. Yeah. And that's what sports has kind of become. You see this in American sports. Yep. And especially in European sports with the different soccer teams. They represent different cities and the World Cup where they all represent the different countries. And it's almost like Europe substituted its wars for soccer games. You think they do that for Maybe maybe people get into it more because it's a distraction from real life. Oh, for sports, absolutely. I mean, that's what entertainment's been since the dawn of time. Sports mm. is the latest and greatest iteration of that. But you know, it can also be too. It's it, it serves a purpose for maintaining in the modern age a local uni- uniqueness. You know, like if your team, right? Your team has different rivalries. Mm-hmm. Like each team has is located in a specific location. And although you're bringing in players from different areas of the country, those players, you know, they're, for example, if you're, you're, the best players are bestowed with long term deals, right? Yeah. And they kind of get acclimated into the local culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, think of like, for example, Boston and New York, right? Uh, Red Sox versus Yankees, uh, Patriots and Jets. Um, you know, you'll have, uh, uh, you know, Boston and the Knicks. So you have these rivalries between these cities, and it's not just sports. It's it's a local identity, right? You yeah. have the Boston accent. You have the New York accent. You have Boston as a major metropolitan area that competes with New York as a major metropolitan area. So yeah. you know you have uh, you know you have Catholicism, you have Judaism. So you have you know there's a lot of different subsets there. And so that's one way that people keep their uniqueness is they keep their pride in, you know, rooting for that home team. But it's not just that when you go to these events, right? Like if you go to a Red Sox game yeah. or you go to a Patriots game, you're going to find that people are going to be speaking with a pronounced New England, New England accent. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, right? You know, they're not going to be there and say, well, my name is John Smith, and I'm here to watch this <laughs> baseball yeah, game, and I'd like to take out my piece of paper with my... T-. No, it's not yeah, like that, yeah. right? And so people are going to... Uh, People are going to come in. They're going to have their different accent. They might wear, uh, you know, they have like a different um, something that they might signify with what they wear. Exactly. Uh, so it's a way to uh, celebrate culture. When you're with people, you can speak to people, and people know what you're talking about, right? And yeah. so you kind of have this, you know, you kind of have this in-group preference. There. It creates that sense of unity. Or it certainly does. Yeah. yeah. And even in regional. So even if, if, for example, if your team wins the championship, you want that person to be from your geographical area, right? Yeah. I yeah, I think that's true. I've, an interesting trend that I've seen with that mm-hmm. is I think this is behind the general trend in sports. Yeah. But people are less and less attached to their hometown team because there's no reason you have to be attached to your hometown team anymore. Like in the old days before the internet, you had to watch your hometown team, so you had to be a fan of your hometown. Oh, because you got like the rabbit ears on the TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Are you saying? Yeah, something like that. So before digital cable, uh, you're talking like analog signal. That's why well, you had to. Ah, uh, well, you had to then, and that even with the before the internet, if you wanted to watch, uh, if you were in New England, you wanted to watch a Los Angeles team's game, you yep. couldn't unless they were like in the Super Bowl or something, because that's true. Yeah. So yep. you kind of had to. These days, it's pretty easy to watch any game you want, anytime. So you can root for whatever team you want. So and so it's not always safe, but you can. You can, yeah, right? That's, true. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. That's right. My dad's a diehard New England Patriots fan. I've been rooting for the Miami Dolphins in the same division for years, and he hasn't kicked me out yet. I'm not sure why. Not yet. It's because I haven't figured out why yet. Because I I don't know why you get a birthright. You give a you give a kid a birthright, and then they don't. You know. It, it's okay. So if, mm. if you grow up, you grow up disciplined, right? And your kid's gonna be a goof off, right? And then you know you again you grow up a rich person, and your kid wants to you know live in a homeless shelter, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, you grow up even with the greatest. Is that why you live football. poor now? So he can. The, what's that now? <laughs> yeah, so he aspires right, to be there rich. You go. I don't know if that. That's, I don't know, man. You know. <laughs> I know that's why I do it. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's why you do it, right? <laughs> that's kind of like being overly clever. I mean, I don't know. I'd be. I, I like. How am I? That's. That, that's being overly clever. Uh, that's, uh, it's a good idea, though, maybe, right? In yeah. that case, right? Yeah. I'm glad I start, start walking around uh-huh. sackcloth and ashes. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. The, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. So I don't know why you reject it, honestly. But I, you know, but but then again, I guess that's what the internet does. Yeah. And, and you see it, too. The internet, what it does is it allows sports to draw into grand narratives, right? And so, like, previously in society, men would always be at work. Okay, men would be at work and competing. Yeah. And then you would have women who would be who would have leisure time and they would have extra time. And so then they would gather you know into soap operas, right? And so because soap operas offer relation and then they offer these narratives and so they were able to in, interact with these narratives. Well, now that we've had this change in society, right? Now we have women that go into the workforce instead of being at home and 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 being in the home. And you'll have, uh, for example, men. Men have more leisure time now. And yeah. men are de-emphasized in terms of, of being out into the workforce and these things. Yeah. So they have a lot of leisure. So the men are the ones where just like previously, housewives who were lonely or frustrated would seek out these narratives and soap operas. Now, I mean, like you said, because of the internet as well, you have men who have who have time on their hands and then they they have this they're trying to fill their time and so they have filled their time with a narrative 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so these can become, you know, narratives. And then, you know, we can associate that with with the sense of competition. Right. And there's so much there, especially for male and sports is uniquely male. I mean, right. Like, for example, like one thing that and I always used to do this, too. And so I'll I'll admit, I mean, this is what I used to do. Right. Was like I used to delight because when I was working in the more traditional workforce. Yeah. I used to delight, like, seeing a guy get cut, right? Like, a guy get thrown off the team, you know, wow. a guy get back. Because, like, you can't do this in regular society now, you know? You're like, you go to work, and you get, like, a guy who can't cut it, and you're like, okay, this is it. You know, and the, like, in the military, right? You don't put up with that in the military, do you? Oh. Like, you wake up, and you got, like, Johnny Smokescreen out there, and he ain't getting the job done. You're not going to sit around and wait, you know? Didn't didn't used but, to. You're not going to put up with that, are you? Yeah, didn't used to. It didn't used to, right? I heard I heard about it. I was talking with a guy that's uh, on one of the nuclear subs. I was talking with him this weekend. Yeah? And he said they got a guy that's the, the better part of 300 pounds. Ooh. Wow. And I'm not talking muscle. Even if it was muscle, you have to pass weight and tape. Yeah, man. And uh, he doesn't. Yeah, that, no way. And I don't know. Some of these people, they're just keeping around. I have no idea why. Wasn't like that when I was in. Yeah, no, wow. not not at all. When I was in, you, you failed two PT tests. You go. Gone. Yeah. yeah. I can't get anybody in now, you know? I don't blame them. But yeah. You want right. to go work for the government right now? Yeah, right. I hear you. I know, what <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. No, thank you. I know what you mean. But, you know, that's, I used to do this a lot because you can't, you can people, like, you can't fire people. You can't get on people. You, you can't, can't offend people. Yeah, you can't fire them. Right. You can't offend them. I mean, uh-huh. right? The whole nine yards, right? So when you come home, you can sit down and then you watch and then you watch a sports team and you see a guy, he can't get it done, right? He can't yeah. make the pass. He can't make the block. He can't make the tackle. He's going to get yelled at and dispensed with. And you're like, you know, it's not the se- it's not that some guy loses a job or loses an opportunity that, and that's a good thing. It's not like that at all. It's just that sense of objectivity. You know, where you're like, yeah. whoa. You're like, hey, a guy gets to set a standard and you're going to meet the standard and you're not doing it because you're a jerk, you know, because it's about you. You're doing it because it's about other people. And yeah. we all got to work together if we're going to achieve our goal. And otherwise, and if, you, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, right? And so I used to do that. I used to work at restaurants when I was your age, yeah. you know, and it's great. So I love it that you do because I used to do the same thing. And I used to have, I used to work with a cook, you know. I used to have mom. He'd be great, probably the greatest guest of all time in terms of a podcast. Oh, but, you know, I used to work. Right, your second. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. Oh, no, no, wait. Oh, he's <laughs> yep. in trouble now. So I should have mom. But, you know, and he used to say all the time, he used to say every to walk around the kitchen. And if you even looked at him wrong, he would say, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh-huh. You know, and you put you on notice, you know, yeah. so like every when you walked in, like the whole mantra was, what am I doing to be part of the solution? And if you weren't yeah. doing it, you were going to hear about it. Yeah. Right? Jobs are way too easy to find nowadays. So, man, yeah. Right. No kidding. Huh? Right. So but we used to always like every time we work on a shift, we'd be thinking, what can we do better? You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of what you foster. And that's what, like, what a man needs as you go through. That's what you that's what you need. You need uh, iron sharpens iron. Right. What do you yeah. what do you think of this culture that you're part of? Wyatt? That I'm part of. Well, you, you can say a lot about it. I think that this culture has gotten a lot softer because it can be softer than any other culture that's preceded because we've made more stuff for ourselves so that everybody doesn't have to work as hard. Whatever. Right. Nobody has yeah. to work as hard. Ah, well, the grammar teacher <laughs> here will uh, correct me there. But, uh <laughs> Right. Don't worry, Mister. Don't worry. Steve will get back. He'll get. He'll get. He'll get back to me later on your behalf. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yikes. Got, okay. So, so wait. Hey, if I come, if like, you could just hang on a second, Dad. Yeah. I know. Hold on a minute. Oh yeah, that's it. No way. No, because he's thinking about keying my car on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> he, see, he's, he's ruining my train of thought. This has happened before. But uh, we uh, have a. Uh, 
So, sorry. In this culture, everybody can be softer. So, but what we're seeing is everybody's taking it too far. And it's not really the older generation that's doing this. Like, even looking at, like, the baby boomers, they all still realize that you have to work harder. Because they were originally part of a culture where you still had to work really hard. They were children of the greatest generation that went and fought World War II, lived through the Great Depression. They had to work really hard. So they taught their kids, even though they didn't have to work as hard as they did, they taught them to work that hard. So they still worked almost as hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Generation X, the next generation after the baby boomers, worked a little bit less hard because the it's been diluted as it comes down from the greatest generation. You had to work really hard. Now you just have to work hard. And now you have to work kind of sort of hard. And ouch. Then, ouch, Dad. Aren't you Generation <laughs> X? Well, man, yeah. Well, I, I mean, keep, yeah, keep go. going. Yeah, keep yeah. going, Wyatt. I'm well, liking yikes, this. Huh? Well, See, it, it, Steve's only Generation X when he, when he wants to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, don't I, worry. I'm he, coming. So he slips in and out. I, I think I think we're if, Where's if it like I'm following a, his train of thought, this is getting worse for me. <laughs> True, probably. <laughs> probably. Generation next. So, you know, give me a minute here. There you go. Yeah, you know, we have the millennials who now, and the post-millennials, I guess, if you look at it that way, yeah. have the... Uh, internet which makes finding everything really easy so even in school like research is no longer nearly as hard as it used to be like if i want to write a paper on something i just have to do a google search and cut and paste a few things and learn how to write a couple pages of words and take the important words from those and i didn't have to work hard at all and that is the case with a lot of different jobs but at my generation is taking it to the point where they're so lazy they can't even do that do you think this is going to make it easier for you to succeed though because i think we can tell just by listening to you you're not the average 17 year old well yeah like i was actually going to joke around and be like i was hoping to interview somebody from your generation but clearly you're a time traveler uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but but no seriously do you, do you think it's going to make it easier for you to compete when you do fully step your feet into the workforce? Yes and no. I think yes, it makes it easier to compete. Absolutely. But I think that the prize that we're going for is now lower because we're now creating less stuff. Because time traveler. I know, time traveler. Good. Yeah, so Good call. It's, competition is a lot easier. Like There are probably several different career options you can go down and if you just work really hard, you now have a big advantage over everybody else who's going to be in that career field. So I think that, but even though if you're the only one who works hard in that career field, it better be a career field you can do solo. Because if you can't find help, it's going to be, you're going to have to work your rear end off to get anything done. And so I think that that's what I've seen. I mean, I work in the restaurant industry, so I wash dishes and run the counter and do that kind of thing. And I work with mostly older people, but I work with one guy who's around my age, and he just doesn't do much work. He's the owner's grandson, so he comes in, and he works as little as he can get away with, and it works out pretty well for him. So the rest of us all have to pick it up a step. But if you were working with everybody like that, that would not be functional almost. Hmm. You mean people that don't want to work? Yeah. So if you, you had a got, whole crew. If you no had a whole crew work. of people that don't want to work, then, I mean, somebody's got to pick it up or 
it's not going to work, right? Yeah. So that's what I see today. And I think that my generation could learn that if they all don't want to work and nobody works and something goes really wrong, they might wake up and go, oh, hey, we might actually have to work in order to live life. And people can learn and get above that. You know, there's a lot of confusion, I think, in the modern age because we, you know, the Internet really changed everything in the sense that it, it changed things fundamentally and it did so in one generation. Uh, so, you know, like I deal a lot with this in, in China, for example, when I'm talking to my, you know, my Chinese students and their parents. There's this whole sense that, you know, because China was, a, you know, it was a thorough nation, right? Everyone's on the rice farm. And so then everybody goes to everybody goes to university and gets a PhD in math, and you go from the rice farm to having a PhD in math in one generation, and that's pretty sweet, I mean, right? Like, hey, objectively, like that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Right? So everyone in China is like, hey, man, let's do it again, right? You know. So like, you know, it's like all good things, right? You're like, hey, let's go back to the beginning and do it again because that was great. Let's do it again. And, and here's the thing: you can't, right? You can't. You can only do that one time, and so. At some point, you have to do it once, and then you have to say, okay, we're going to be dealing with the fallout of this for a while, and then once this is going to morph into something new, and once we get our hand around that, we can move forward. Well, no, the Chinese are not interested in this, okay? They're like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to get up tomorrow morning, and we're just going to work twice as hard, and it's going to be it's, it'll be great. Just wait. You'll see, right? Yeah. Something will happen. So- something will happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> something will happen. Something will happen. That's right. Yeah. Something will happen. I, I think that the... The way our society's changed can be summed up sort of like this. Um, everybody who was really poor used to work on the farm, all right? Because you could find a job as a farmhand, and they'd feed you in exchange for you working for them. Mm-hmm. That was like the lowest you could go. Now, in China, what they do is they have these things called click farms, where they have these or these racks. I saw a picture of this the other day. I couldn't believe it. It has this desk, and it's got a rack of phones. And your job is to go on all the phones and click on the websites they've told you to do as many times as you can on all different phones. Once you've clicked on them all and all the videos have played, you go to the next thing, and you do it all again. And what does this actually generate for society? Nothing. At least the old farmhands used to do something for society. Like they would get themselves food plus something. Yeah. If you're like wow. doing click farms, yeah, that's you're helping, you're essentially tricking the market into saying this is popular when it's not. That's what you're doing for society, and you're getting fed in exchange for that. So I mean, we're producing less stuff. Essentially, I mean, we we see that in hedge fund managers, right? Mm, yeah, that's, that's true. That's the large scale of that. True, no, it really is over here. You know, it's it's. People mention this as a positive all the time. They'll say things like an economy, right? It's not a zero-sum game. Right? Yeah. So if if you all of a sudden, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to do, the, say, for example, that technology increases and you don't have to do something anymore. Yeah. Because technology automates. It does it for you, right? Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that the economy shrinks. As a matter of fact, it just means that, you know, that money is going to chase something else that people can do. Yeah. Right? Like the reason that we can all like, right, we can all be sitting here and talking to each other and podcasting right now. And hey, I mean, maybe we'll make a little coin and at some point and that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But that never happens unless farming, you know, if we're still on the farm and we still have we still have massive agriculture locally, then none of us are doing this. Right. We're all we're all out milking a cow or we're going to be working on the farm. Every one True. of us. 
and we're going to be doing it for a long time until we we, we fall over and sleep, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no more need for that now because of industrial farming. So therefore, yeah. you have people that have nothing to do. So they say, hey, let's try to make a little coin by talking, right? And it becomes like this big thing, right? So it's not a zero-sum game. So it's very interesting how you say that because once the, the internet, right? And that's where we are, like with, with China and their 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 one great leap in a generation mm-hmm. we have the internet and so everyone goes well now we have all the information of all humanity like on a computer hey that's pretty neat well guess what now we need to figure out what to do with that because it's changed everything you have older people that say well you need to be in school and learn how to you know re- learn how to you know read and writing and you know arithmetic and all that sort of thing and then people say no i don't and, and and people say, well, don't be disobedient. Well, the kid might have a point if he knows that, you know, all those some of human knowledge is located on his phone. Yeah. Right. But the other, the teacher may not have that perspective uh-huh. uh, or they may have a different perspective. They can't quite articulate that. And even if they could articulate it, the kid's not interested because the kid is thinking, hey, you know, like. Boy meets phone, and there you yeah. go, and that's, right. that's that the is, world, that, right? That like that's the problem of society. Boy meets phone. Boys no longer chase after the girls; they now chase after their phones. Man, you know we're gonna get the about phones are a lot easier to catch. Tell us more, boy. I tell you what, man, we're gonna get about twenty-seven you podcasts may, out of that one yeah, sentence. A couple more sentences, <laughs> you may need to start pleading the fifth. Right, man? No, I swear. Is it by the time you give it a year, we'll go back. We're gonna have about thirty-two. There'll be about thirty-two podcasts based on that one sentence alone. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll see if you're about. still chasing phones. Ah, uh, that's every. No, it's true though. But that yeah. is the problem though. Boys chase phones; they don't chase girls. It's true. Yeah, I mean, just all the whole sum total of you're not wrong on that yeah. is on phones. So there's a lot of good human knowledge. There's a lot more not so good human knowledge. And in weeding through that, a lot of people get stuck in the weeds. With- oh, well, that's easy to do because we were going to be looking at Twitter uh, coming up. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I'm not a Twitter person at all. So yeah. I, I downloaded it. I'm like, okay, well, let me start getting familiar with this. Sure. Thing. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a uh, Facebook parolee. Um, so <laughs> there you go. So man, you're right. The internet, what a dumpster fire. The very first thing I opened was it was Dan Bongino, and he said, "Today is whatever date it is. I don't know what today is." Yeah. And then uh, he yeah. goes, "And Joe Biden is the worst president in U.S. history." Like, well, that's cheery. Yeah. That's right. the very first thing I see ever. Very on first Twitter. thing ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very, very first thing you saw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I tell you, man. Well, yeah, I can't wait to start discussions about this. This is awesome. Oh, Ugh. yeah. You scroll down for more. <laughs> exactly. Man, over and over again. Dumpster and fire. Uh-huh. Dumpster fire. That's right. There's dumpster fire. It's usually about one Blunderground. insightful. <laughs> no yeah. There's usually one insightful tweet for every one million non-insightful tweets. It's the weeding process is impossible. I Occasionally. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is Facebook. I don't know. I'm sure it happens with Twitter. Occasionally. You will have some funny viral stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You will have some absolute what we call internet gold yeah, on right. there. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, somebody got fired. It was Brad's wife got fired from Cracker Barrel. That's this is a nobody from nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And his wife gets fired from Cracker Barrel. Yeah. And for whatever reason, her Facebook post, I think actually I think it was his Facebook post about yeah. it. Uh-huh. And how unethical he thought it was for her getting fired from this Cracker Barrel. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that thing goes like in the millions viral. Man, I'm wow. I, it, this is how crazy it was. I left a comment on it, I have like seventeen thousand something likes on my comment. 
That's unbelievable. Wow. On my con- so you imagine the post? I can't, I can't <laughs> wow. imagine that. Like, yeah. no one would care if my wife got canned from somewhere. <laughs> right now. <man. laughs> what? I, I know another uh, another um, comment maker or content maker that's on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. And uh, the Kiki Challenge that was out for a while. Is it some weird dance you did? You got out of your car and, and did something while your car was moving. Super safe, by the way. <laughs> yes. This dude ends up with over a million views in 24 hours. Wow. Random guy from Myrtle Beach. Just random dude. Uh-huh. That's yeah. that's the internet for you. You know, it's another thing that people haven't really quantified yet. You know, and, and that how how the internet has changed. You know, because it, it, it's destroyed the concept of local community and also local town square. Yeah. Right. Like, um, uh, you know, it's interesting that you you say that because you talk about a million views, right? Like a random guy, and it's a random dance, and it's a million views, right? Yeah. Like it was amazing. It's crowdsourcing, right? Like, yeah. It's crowdsourcing. Like there is, I mean, and I didn't realize how big it was. I know, I know about crowdsourcing, and I'm not unknowledgeable about this. But this concept, you can put something out on the internet, and people pay a dollar here, a dollar there. You have people, and this is true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how widespread it is, but yeah. you have people that will come out and they'll say, "Well, um, I, I need to make a trip to L.A. this weekend, and uh, you know, I really need to go. So uh, I have no money, and I'm going to need at least three thousand dollars to go. So I'm like, oh, pretty please." And then they put like a couple emojis and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. crowdsourced, right? Yeah. So like one guy goes like one guy goes like, "Oh, uh, for example, I'll say um like, oh, good luck, sweetheart. You know, give seventy five cents, right?" Mm-hmm. And then maybe the person, if it, you know, it's a girl or whatever, maybe they'll like it, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So, like, the like yeah. becomes like, the, oh, look, she liked my post. That's like 75 cents for this dude, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Like some random guy, right? Uh huh. Like this, and I had no idea, right? This sort of works. Like 5,000 oh, yeah. 5, people around the world mm-hmm. will jump in on this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then pretty soon, like, person's got $3,000 and they're off to LA for the weekend. Oh, yeah. You know? Wow. Oh yeah, it ain't no big deal. And they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna uh, 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 post my uh, I'm gonna post my pictures on Insta when I get back." And everyone's like, "Oh, this is such a great thing!" And everyone jumps in on this, yeah. and they're they're paying for this. The only uh-huh. limit to posting that stuff is how much pride do you have? Yes, that's it. True. Other than that, yeah. man, <laughs> you know how much true. how much do you value your dignity? If not a lot, you can get more. Yeah. Yep. It's unbelievable. It you know? really is true. People are willing to pay fifty cents to feel good about themselves for five minutes. That's a good deal for most people. Well, you know, it's so, the thing about that it's is a thing exactly. It. See, this you're a time traveler. I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> no 17 year old has that type of insight, but that's exactly it. It's just because I have a dumb phone, not a smartphone. It doesn't have access to the there internet. You go, kids. So. Yeah, there you go. It's adults, adults, it's that adults, call, right? Adults <laughs> that are kids, right? Adults, get, right? Get your kids or, or a phone that's a dumb phone if you're gonna get them one at all. A dumb phone. There you go. Get the dumb phone. I should contact the company I bought it from, and then they we can get them to pay this podcast so I can say name with a dumb phone. That could be. All right. There you go. That's name with a dumb phone, right? Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to no, be out true. of a job here pretty quick. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> wild. No, it's 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 crazy. You got to be careful with that, too, though. We'll talk about this, too. I think we'll talk about this on the flagship as well. Uh, but um, the way that um, the way that uh, it's true, it's a real thing. You know, I, I didn't know this. I found this out. You know, the NFL took away their uh, their naming rights to for Pat McAfee. What? So Pat McAfee is a former he's a punter, right? Yeah. And so now uh, yeah. he, he he has a show, and it's an internet show, right? He started off on YouTube, 
And he just got a bunch of his friends together and threw it out there. Yeah. And it's gotten really big. And he's become and he's made he's he's become bigger as a as a broadcaster than he ever was as a yeah, football player. He's right? really famous, right? Yeah. Well, the NFL just contacted him. Okay, he can no longer use their, their he can no longer use their names. Wow, they're trying to make him pay for him. Yeah. Well, I think he's already trying to pay for him, but they won't take the money. I think that they're afraid because they don't want because it's the decentral. We'll talk more about this on notes, but man, I'll tell you, it's it's the decentralization. Yeah. Of the media landscape, that's the thing. Like NFL and corporations, they do not want. They do not scared want. Of it. They're scared yeah. of it. They don't want some guy down in Blunderground Studios, right? They don't want to have like some dude and then that just blows up and it becomes like this uncontrollable thing. And they stop listening to them and they start listening to this other person. Right. Yeah, yeah like, you know. We had a president that was like that at one point. <laughs> right. Maybe. God, it's true. Someday. Well, yeah, it's true. And see that but that's why they need to stop him. They threw him off Twitter. And like with Pat right now, so like yeah. with Pat, like he can't call the Dolphins the Dolphins, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he has to call them the Miami. Fo- the Miami. He'll say Miami. But he can't say the Miami Dolphins, and like with the NFL, he calls it he calls it the, the the Professional American Football League. He has to say, okay, well, when I was growing up, we had a, a team in the Pittsburgh uh-huh. that was part of the uh, American Professional Football League. Uh-huh. But he can't say NFL, and he can't say Steelers. I don't know why this stuff doesn't drive people more towards that. I know though, towards that person. Well, I didn't. I yeah. didn't understand that back when they when they took Trump off of. Twitter, yeah, and yeah. Facebook, and everything. Sure, I was like, okay, could this be more blatant? Yeah, like, right. Uh, hello, this should be obvious to everybody what's happening now. Yeah, sure. And if they can censor a president, a sitting president, yeah, yeah, what do you think they can do to you? Mm-hmm. Honestly, right. they can throw you in the in the gulag, and nobody's gonna care. Right. Yep. You know. Right. Uh, th- people should have flocked to President Trump. Not that I, like, I really don't care about politics now, yeah. but. I can't believe that people didn't just jump to his defense and just get rid of every type of social media. But it's like either people are scared to make the first move or yeah. nobody's yeah. going to follow him. I don't know what it is. Well, it's it's really interesting. And that's one of the reasons why, in case you've ever wondered why, you know, like people always make such a big deal out of the Second Amendment, you know? Yeah. It's too many guns. Because I get questions like this all the time from my Chinese students, right? All the time. They always say, hey, teacher, I don't understand. And they'll give me some situation. They'll say... I said, well, you know, you read this in the newspaper, and then yeah, I don't understand. Like, why does this happen? And I always have the same answer. I always go, too many guns. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the answer. All right there, you go. I say, they'll say, yeah, teacher. I'll say, what, uh, what's going on over here? Like, why, why, why do I have too many guns? A comedian that said that just the other day. Is that right? Yeah, they did. He yeah. was talking about like why we too don't many. Get, why we don't get invaded. And it's not the old thing where you know, right? Heard J- Japan said that you know there'll be a rifle behind every blade of grass. He actually made it kind of funny. He said, you know what America has that other people don't have? Yeah. Rednecks, guns. Yeah, he man. said. That's it. Uh-huh. They, they try to come in, you know, from the Gulf. He said military wouldn't even get there in time. Right, uh-huh. they'd show up. There'd just be beer cans and beer shotgun cans. shells everywhere. It's true, man. War's true. over. It's true, yeah. it's true. <laughs> and that's like the thing, like in America, right? Like you say, hey, do you know that so and so owns guns? Like you don't know, man. Like they might have a lot of guns, right? I mean, they might have a lot. They'll right? surprise you. They'll surprise you, man. I mean, like if you live long enough, eventually you run into some guy. Some guy will say. Hey, you know, you seem like a pretty cool guy. Why don't you come on over in this room for a little while? <laughs> okay, pal. 
Ooh, I got an arsenal in there, you know? So, I mean, you don't know. And and they don't know. And so that's that's uniquely American. I always say that. You know, that's uniquely American. The people say, people say, teacher, they'll say, I would love to live in America, but I'm too scared. I could never be in a city where, like, I would never be in a city where I, there, someone could be walking down the street and have a gun, and I wouldn't know. And I said, man, man, there's no other reason to live in a city, I know. right? That's, I mean, I would say. That's funny because I could never live in <laughs> Mutually a city assured. where it wasn't the case. Destruction. That's what well, keeps us safe. I guess exactly. so, man. That's <laughs> what stopped the Cold War from going hot, and that's what keeps America with less crime than most countries. Man, yeah, well, there you go. I mean, I, I, I think so. I think I heard a statistic, and I, I've, been, I've been telling this to, my, to the students, so hopefully it's true. But I, is that if you go into Europe, right, you go into Europe and then you, you look at crime rates in terms, not in terms of the actual rate of crime, but in terms of the population, because yeah. America has 330 million people yeah, and yeah. then the European countries are so small. Right. When you adjust for population, it's actually no different. The rates of violent crime. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't really matter if guns are legal or illegal. Like Sweden has just as many knife attacks as we do. Yeah. Every time I hear about one of them, I just laugh. I'm sorry. I do. Yeah. Right. I'm like mass yeah. stabbing. You ever seen the video? You ever tried running? Yeah, right, running. Have you ever seen the? Uh, have you ever seen the video of the female police officers? It's pretty great. It's a great. It's a, it happened a while ago. It's not recent, but this is a great video of in Sweden of these these uh, like two female police officers, and so they send them in there because this guy's got a knife and he's trying to knife people, and so they go into cars and they chase him down into this. And they get him cornered, and so they come out and effectively they're just like thinking this guy's like okay, it's all over now. Put the knife down and we're all going to go right. Well, this guy's like nuts, right? And yeah, he's crazy, and so the guy's like. Ah, and he's freaking out and he's flying around and these these two female police officers like they're trying to figure it out and they're like trying to figure it out on the fly because they don't have guns they don't, they don't got, they got stick mm-hmm. you know a stick uh, they got stick no taser no a they baton. just got they got the stick oh, the no. baton right and, and but they're I don't think I don't know if they're strong enough to, to bring the guy because the guy's a big guy and he's got a big knife and so they can't maneuver and they can't bring him down and so they're not really sure what to do and the guy's like going nuts and so anyways they got the cars that are that are that are that are, uh, so they're blocking the way. So the guy's having a difficult time getting past the cars. But the police officers are mostly just like in the way, right? And and they're just trying not to get stabbed. And he's trying to get past these cars. And it and then they're waiting for these more police officers, more of these these male police officers come in and take care of the situation. And they're just trying to keep this guy occupied. And it's like you're just like, man, someone's gonna get stabbed here. It's the most it's ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Well. I don't know if you could have shot him today in America anyway. Well, maybe not, yeah. Pop him in jail, not a fair fight. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. like that. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> yeah. So uh, time for a shameless plug uh, before before things get too late and people check out. I do want to make a shameless plug for our other podcast. We do have the flagship podcast, which is Notes from Blunderground. Okay? And this is where we're have our ears to the ground, we're listening to the spirit of the age, and it ain't very pretty. All right, so we're hearing these things, they're coming off social media, it's not good. And so what we need to do is we need to figure it out. So that's where the Blunderground Railroad comes in. There are books that we need to read, there are things that we need to do, we need to pay attention to, and things we need to talk about. You can go there right now, and you can check out Notes from Underground, okay? Dostoevsky, this is where we get our title from, and we get it from examining the mind of the underground man, okay, and his problems that he has in the world and in society. And you can check that out right now. But 
what we're also doing, once you see there, go to the Blunderground Railroad, and you'll see that we are, ter- are currently talking about, and you may see it there completed, the Christian mind. How should a Christian think? All right, Harry Blumeyers, a student of C.S. Lewis, and wrote this wonderful book. And the things we've been talking about today, okay, right in the book, we've been talking about war and about how um, the war and affected uh, sports and the way people look at sports. Well, uh, Blumeyers is going to talk about, uh, in just in the first chapter, okay, he's going to talk about how uh, after World War One and World War II, people were exhausted with war, and they saw war as a moral evil. And so the Christian way is to look at war as an evil. However... We now look at World War II, we say, well, concentration camps are evil, secret police are evil, uh, totalitarianism is evil, but war? Oh, yeah, maybe that might be a bridge too far. See, a very secular way of thinking and something that we all do. So there's a worthy discussions to have. We have lots and lots of other things to talk about. And uh, so those are very fruitful discussions. So you definitely want to join me and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad, work through these books. And you go from ignorance to knowledge so that when you hear those notes coming from Blunderground, you know how to approach things. All right. So, Wyatt, I really appreciate you coming by today. Absolutely. Man, really wonderful. All right. Big hand clap for you, Wyatt. Hey, our first big guest. There we go. All right. Hey, very good. So, uh, thanks for coming by. Maybe we'll come back sometime. It'd be good. I'd love to. All right. All right. Very good. Thanks for joining us on the Digital Blunderground. Don't forget to check out Tom and Steve's flagship podcast, Notes from Blunderground, and their journey from ignorance to knowledge, the Blunderground Railroad. See you next time.